0: You survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to episode number 345 of the Black Man with a Gun show. This show was released on the 43rd week of 2013. This week, I remind you that we all have one shot. So make it count. Barbara Baird interviews Jim Heffelfinger. I get a chance to talk to Charles Lawler, who's running for governor of Maryland. And Herschel Stroud of DCCoverSense.com lets us know that black women do hunt. Mm Mm-hmm. All this and more, coming up next. This is the Pro Gun Variety Show for the cool people in the gun community. My name is Reverend Ken Blanchard and I talk to and about newsmakers, producers, and things that matter to you. I know what you're going through. I'm your friend and brother from another mother, known around the world as the Black Man with a Gun, and this is what cool sounds like. Welcome to the Black Man with a Gun Show. Pause with me now as John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance.
1: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
0: Well, all right. Thank you for finding me and sharing this time. On this show, I call the Black Man with a Gun Show. You know, I woke up early this morning talking to God which means basically he woke me up talking to me. So I thought I'd put this together this morning while the dew was still on the roses and the voice that I heard was falling on my ear and the son of God discloses and he walks with me. You know how that song goes. But what really happened, I did a video this morning, took up half the day, turned out good too. I actually had final cut pro working, had the sunrise in the background, it was cold. I was blowing steam out my mouth, had my AR in my hand. I was going to show off Mike's holster that he made for my um, Lone Wolf distributor pistol that fit with the laser light and attack light stuff on there. Man, I was all psyched up. Took me about three four hours to put all that stuff together. And then it came out to about 46 minutes. Oh, I was happy. I actually got something right. The video monster was destroyed. And then YouTube said, you've exceeded your limit of 15 minutes. We can't put this up. Man, I was ready to cuss. Now, I know some of you listening don't believe in God like I do, but thank you for letting me into your life just the same. You know, if it weren't for my God reaching out, I wouldn't even be here. I don't believe in luck because I never had any. God is real to me. He's a person, a spiritual person, no doubt, with personality, attitude, and the best sense of humor. He and I, we've been through some stuff. Before you and I met, I mean, I was a mess. You might not know it. I'm still a mess. More mature, though, wiser, older, loving, living, and sharing stuff that helps other people. That's why this show is called One Shot today. You only get one shot at life, so make it count. Make it last. Make it worth every heartbreak, every smile, every tear, every memory. This is your life, your destiny, your fate. This is your only chance, your one chance to make a difference in the universe. And when you're gone, your life is over. That's it. There's no more reruns. This is the main show, and you're the
2: star. That could almost be sad, but it's not. Because of this show,
0: I've had the opportunity to share your stories, your triumphs, your products, your ideas, and the smiles. I've met some fascinating people, leaders, politicians, entrepreneurs, dreamers, and cool people like you. Now, you know everybody doesn't get this show. Or me. It's just for the cool people in the gun community. You guys are the accomplished, the mature, the fun-loving, hard-working, and achieving part of my world. Yeah, you believe in freedom family, and a balanced life. And that's why you got it going on. And everybody else is just trying to get there or get back. How did I get here? I'll share some of that in my new book, Black Man with a Gun, Reloaded, if I can ever get a certain someone in the National Rifle Association to give it back to me before Christmas. If you are new to the show and you have never heard of me, my name is Ken Blanchard. I've been a pro-rights activist since 1991. I've been blogging since 2000, that was back in the AOL, was that AOL 1.0 days. And if you think, with all that knowledge and being ahead of the curve, I should be a number one gun blogger in the world, but I'm not. Curves used to be my weakness, actually. I just got longevity. I've just been around, meeting people, helping people, learning, growing, falling down, failing, crashing and burning, and then rising up like a phoenix again. Like the song, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. You see, I wasn't always a man of faith. In fact, I was a real bad man once. But I regressed. Well, along this journey, I picked up a few thousand friends. And that's who we'll see and hear from in the next 10 years of my rise in media. If I fail at that, well, then you won't see it. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Kirsty Pike of Prois Hunting Apparel for Women. Why? Because I like her. She posts great pictures of women in the outdoors, hunting, and enjoying life. Women do hunt, you know. I learned about that from my grandmother, although I never saw her hunt. I just saw her fix the stuff she cooked, although she caught. Squirrel, rabbit, turkey, groundhog, and deer for dinner. But I knew she was probably the one that brought it in there. The first woman that really opened my eyes to this whole hunting world, believe it or not, is Barbara Berry. And you'll hear her as often as she's able to be here. She's just just doing it, man. With women's outdoor news. If you go over there, it'll shame you sometimes. It's just like, wow. I feel like, uh, what's that guy in the Batman movie? Oh, yeah, the Joker said, uh, where does he get those amazing toys or something? That's how I feel about the, the, the wand. I always like women that hunted though. It's like being around lionesses. Strong, independent, can fight if they have to. Yeah, that's sexy. Mercy. But again, I regress. Next up, Barbara interviews a guy that has invited me to hunt with him and one of those cool people that I'm talking about. Named Jim Heffelfinger. You're up, sis.
1: Man with a gun. Recently, I called Jim Heffelfinger in regard to an article I was writing for Turkey Country magazine. And one of the first things he said to me was, Hey, I've heard you on Ken Blanchard's podcast. Now, Jim is a certified wildlife biologist, and he's authored and co authored more than 120 scientific papers, and we're not going to go through each one of those today. He's also authored book chapters, articles, and national and regional publications currently the chair of Western Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies Mule Deer Working Group. He's, uh, that's made up of one mule deer expert from each of 23 western states and Canadian provinces. He's also written TV scripts for the mule deer, coo's whitetail, and pronghorn episodes of Loopold's Big Game Profiles, which you might have seen on the Outdoor Channel. And if that's not enough... Watch for Jim on episodes of Boone and Crockett Country on the Outdoor Channel, and his Mule Deer Working Group helped produce the program Mule Deer, Saving the Icon of the West, and you want to watch for that show on the Sportsman Channel this year. Currently, Jim is working as an adjunct professor at the University of Arizona, and he's a regional game specialist for the Arizona Game and Fish Department, so I'm just delighted that he carved out some time to talk to me today. Welcome to the program, Jim.
3: Thanks. I'm, it's an honor to be here. I've been listening to the Black Man with a Gun for a long time. Listening to that long list of things, it sounds like I'm involved in as many things as Ken is.
1: I think you are. I believe you might be involved in more. And um, I know that you and Ken have corresponded regarding hunting. So why don't you just reveal to us what does Ken want to know about hunting?
3: Yeah, I've just I've been uh, really pleased to hear some of the uh, hunting content that's come across in Black Man with a Gun because I am a competitive shooter um, also and and uh, just a general gun guy. And so uh, anytime I can listen to something that has a lot of gun information, a lot of, uh, of course, a a variety of a lot of information, and then sprinkled into a little hunting information, uh, um, I I think it's been a really good addition to it.
1: I think so, too. And, well, do you think you'll ever be be able to get Ken to come out and hunt with you in Arizona?
3: Absolutely. I've extended the invitation to come and shoot some 10-pound antelope jackrabbits in southern Arizona, and that would be a blast.
1: I think, yeah, I think he would really enjoy that. Or a javelina.
3: Yes, javelina too.
1: Yeah. So now you came to hunting later in life, so that means there's hope for, for all of us, really. I mean, no offense, but it doesn't matter your age. You don't have to grow up hunting. And I just love that story, though, where you tell about how your dad actually moved out west to live near you and start hunting with you. And would you tell the listeners a little bit about that, please?
3: Yeah, that's right. I grew up in a, in a big city and didn't even think anything about uh, guns, actually in Illinois, so we probably couldn't have them if we wanted to. <laughs> but as I grew up, I got into, uh, um, we moved to southern Wisconsin, in more of a rural area, and all of the the friends in school hunted, and I thought that was pretty cool. You actually get to walk around in the woods with a real shotgun, and started small game hunting myself and, and got involved in it. Hunted with my dad a few times, but um, uh, he, we just shotgun hunted around for, for deer we really didn't know what we were doing at that time but uh, as time progressed I went on got a wildlife degree and and uh, honed my hunting skills and developed into a pretty decent hunter so when I moved to Tucson several years later he retired came down to Tucson and said that uh, he really wanted to start living the hunting stories that he had been hearing about for so many years and so at the age of 62 we took him out on his first hunt which was a javelina hunt And in that first 12 months, he lived in Arizona. He harvested a javelina, a cow elk, and a mule deer buck. So he he went off. That's a a lot in the freezer. Yes, and now he just turned 80 this year, and we have in two weeks our uh, mule deer hunt coming up. So we'll be hunting with my dad and my 21 year old son and myself, three generations out in the field together.
1: That is pretty neat. Are you going to be blogging about that or writing about it over at your website, deernut.com?
3: I will probably be tweeting up the storm um, that week with uh, okay. a, lot of, uh, a lot of the information. And so my, my Twitter account is at GameTracks, G-A-M-E-T-R-A-X. And uh, I usually pick a theme for a week. Uh, last week was black bears, and we talked about black bears. This week, uh, I warned everybody to get their freak on because we were going to talk about the freaks of the deer world. And so we're talking about oh. albinos and melanistic deer and all kinds of oddities that you see in the deer family.
1: Right. Well, that's interesting. Oh, that is interesting. So you do have this great website, though. It's called DeerNut.com. And what else is going on over there other than I'm sure people can follow through to your Twitter account? or?
3: Sure. The uh, the main purpose of the website, I threw it up when I published my book, Deer of the Southwest, which really pertains to cow's whitetail and desert mule deer. Anybody interested in, in deer in, in that part of the world, it's a must because it's the only source of information for um, that kind of biology and and um, also some things you can pick up to make you a better hunter. It also has like a whole chapter on, on antlers, and so it appeals to people that are interested in deer in general. There's some things in there, and what I've kind of been famous about is taking some of the scientific information that nobody gets to because it's in scientific literature and boiling that down and being able to present that in an easily uh, easy-to-understand fashion so that anybody can get this interesting information, but they don't have to have a PhD to read it. So my book is for sale there, but I also have PDFs of a lot of uh, the magazine articles that I've written through the years on on all kinds of different species and different topics.
1: Yes, you do, and you don't have to know Latin to be able to read your work, which I like. (laughs)
3: That's right. I
1: appreciate that. So uh, what projects are you working on right now?
3: I've been involved in um, some genetic work, which I think is really interesting, because there's a case where you can take some highly technical things and you can actually use it to uh, answer some real-world, real practical questions. And I've been working with Boone and Crockett Club and Pope and Young, and we um, have developed some genetic markers to identify the cow's whitetail genetically from any other whitetail because sometimes you'll get a, a rack that someone claims is a new world record cow's whitetail, and there's no, there has been no way to test it. But now we can take a little drilling of antler material, test it genetically, and tell whether it's a cow's whitetail or not. And the wow. same with some tests with the uh, whitetail and mule deer hybrids. Sometimes they'll cross, and those hybrids um, can, can look like the new world record cow's whitetail in our part of the world. And so now we can diagnose whether an animal is a first-generation hybrid between a whitetail and mule deer or second-generation. And we just finished some work on the black-tailed deer and mule deer boundary in the Pacific Northwest and better defining where that boundary really is using genetics.
1: So you're kind of into the C S I of the uh, wildlife biology world.
3: It's very much like that. I don't get a blue windbreaker with the yellow lettering, but it's uh, still the
1: it same. <laughs> and then also, you know, I learned something else, um, because I've always heard it pronounced coos deer, but it's cows, like C O W S, so
3: That's right. When there I you was go. Uh, writing my book I I talked to a relative of uh the old naturalist Elliot Cows, who the deer was named after and Mm-hmm. and about half of the people will call it coos but i i spoke to one of the family members and he assured me it's always been pronounced cows
1: well there you go okay for nothing else folks you heard it here today so now what about those folks who say you know i'm i'd love to hunt but i just you know i don't know even know where to start
3: Yeah, I think small game is where it's at. Absolutely. The small game has a lot of action, a lot of opportunities, sometimes unlimited bag limits, certainly generous bag limits, um, sometimes year-round seasons for some of the rabbits, um, but certainly big long season and just a lot of action, easy to access uh, hunting action close to home. And so we've gotten away from uh, years ago, everybody started with rabbits and squirrels and small game. And for some reason, we seem to have gotten away from that. And see a lot of focus on big trophy bucks and big bull elk, but we really need to get back to our roots, I think, and and pick up a shotgun and and go into the back lot and look for squirrels and look for rabbits, and and that's just a fantastic way to get into uh, hunting. If you just don't have a lot of exposure to it in your past and you want to kind of ease into it, that's really the
1: way to go. I agree. I agree, and quite plentiful in some parts of the country, especially Mm -hmm. uh, rats with a good PR, which is what my girlfriend called uh, squirrels. Yes, (laughs)
3: Yes. <laughs> That's right. And I also uh, am on Facebook at uh JackRabbit Jim and and my Twitter gets um diverted to that Facebook so you can follow me on Facebook and get all my Twitter Good. if you don't do the Twitter thing. And Okay, um, so are you
1: on Pinterest too?
3: I am not on Pinterest.
1: Oh, you should be. You get in touch <laughs> okay. with your feminine side up there?
3: Oh, is that a girly thing?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. So you might be surprised, Jim.
3: Well, I have written so, a article um, on anyways, uh, women the Anyways, tell us outdoors. again. Sorry. Well, I have written an article on uh, called "Is There Room for Women in the Outdoors?" Encouraging women to get more involved in the outdoors, and and um, my ulterior motive is that uh, every every young kid has a mother, and if the mother's involved in hunting, then we've got the next generation sealed.
1: That's right. That's what we. That's what we're finding, and I think that a lot of a lot of people in the industry, in the hunting and shooting industry, are cluing into this as well. So would you please go through just one more time where people can find you on social media?
3: Yep, absolutely. On, on Facebook, uh, Jim. if you search for that, that'll come up. Uh, on Twitter, it's GameTracks, G-A-M-E-T-R-A-X. And uh, I also have a um, Deer Nut blog that you can access through my main website, which is dearnut.com. That's Deer, D-E-R-N-U-T, dot com.
1: Thank you, Jim, for joining us today.
3: Thank you. I appreciate all the great stuff you do.
1: And remember, everyone out there, you can learn more about hunting, shooting, fishing, and outdoor adventure not only at Black Man with a Gun, but also over at womensoutdoornews.com. Thanks, Ken.
0: Ah, You're most welcome. Another guy I'd like to give a shout out to is Rob Morse. Rob is one of two of the dynamic duo over at gunrightsmagazine.com. And Rob wrote something that was really cool. And I want to highlight that for you right now. But go over to gunrightsmagazine.com when you get a chance. At gunrightsmagazine.com. Rob Morse writes, Federal judges can't touch the Chicago political machine. I'm going to read you the first uh, couple of paragraphs. And you can find the rest of it at gunrightsmagazine.com. Rob writes, Judge Richard Posner thinks he can dictate the law to the Chicago political machine. Where has Posner been all these years? Does the judge know how things work in Illinois and that you can't fight City Hall? Let me explain to the naive judge what happens next. Chicago politics mean you can cheat if you ever lose in court. A federal Seventh Circuit Court judge named Richard Posner thought the Constitution applied to Illinois and that honest citizens were allowed to carry guns outside their home. Well, so what? Someday, you and I might get a permit to carry a firearm in Illinois. By the time the Chicago machine is done passing laws, it will be illegal to go anywhere in Illinois with a firearm. Watch Chicago politics at work. The Chicago City Council passed an ordinance requiring all bars and restaurants that serve alcohol to be gun-free zones. There is no reason the city council has to stop with bars and restaurants. They can apply the same restriction to every business that needs a city permit. Think about that for a minute. Every taxi, every shoe repair shop, every beauty parlor needs city permission to stay in business. Now we get to the best part for the Chicago machine. Their anti-gun requirements don't have to be written into law or official regulations. The first rule of corruption is to never write it down. It will simply take a store owner three times as long to get his permit unless he puts up with the no-gun signs the city wants. Eventually, the store owner will wise up and play ball with the city inspectors. That is the Chicago way. That is how the Chicago machine will eliminate guns in private businesses. Isn't that something? And Rob's just getting warmed up. Check out the rest of this article at gunrightsmagazine.com. Thanks, Rob. Also, in the news, I'm going to pull your coat to uh, something that Maryland Shout Issue just sent out on the wire. And they are one of the lead gun rights and grassroots organizations here in Maryland. On Tuesday, February the 4th, 2014, we'll be having a return to Annapolis to remind everybody who voted for that horrible SB 281 that we have not forgotten. And uh, we're going to have our first annual Second Amendment Tuesday. This is going to be an all-day event offering Maryland residents a chance to rally, meet with senators and delegates, and learn about the civic process and be advocates for the Second Amendment civil rights. They'll be announcing specific times and locations for events as the event date gets closer. I want everybody to give a chance to uh, secure the time off from work. Our goal in 2014 is to deluge Annapolis with supporters of the Second Amendment. Right on. Also, you'll check out, I have created gunrightsmaryland.com, and I need help from Maryland Shooters, from Maryland Shall Issue, and even NRA people who already have their names on somebody's list, trying to create a bipartisan list, a grassroots movement. In addition, not addition, but in, what's the word, in concert with these two behemoths of uh, grassroots activists, not trying to duplicate anything, just trying to do it a different way. I believe in uh, guerrilla tactics. Uh, While somebody's attacking the front, I'm coming in the back door. Yeah, story of my life, actually. There was a time but we won't get into that. So check that out. Gunrightsmaryland.com. And mark your calendar for February 4th, 2014. Crossbreedholsters.com, often imitated, never duplicated, handcrafted in the USA, home of a lifetime warranty and a try-it-free guarantee. Crossbreedholsters.com.
4: All
0: right, one of the entrepreneurs I've met online in recent weeks has been Herschel Stroud of DCCoverSense.com. And I asked Herschel some questions about hunting so he can give us like a little bit of tidbits all month. Keep us mindful of the great tradition and heritage of hunters, both male and female, black and white, red, yellow, green, purple, and all colors in between. So here we got DC Cover Sense, very own Herschel Stroud, answering a crazy question that I asked him, do black women hunt? Here's what he said. Black women shoot and hunt, don't they?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. There is a very large, Segment of uh, black women. They do. They hunt. They shoot. My wife. She goes to the range. She shoots. Uh, you can shoot rifles to handguns. We do. Two of our post drivers are females, and they harvest big deer every year. Every year. So yes, there is a very large segment of, of black women that hunt and be. You know, they enjoy the woods. They enjoy the hunt and the chase. Um. Yes, yeah, it, it's it's a very large, but it's just not represented to the world as uh, black women hunt. and yes, black women do wear, they hunt, they wear just as much camo, they wear, you know, they buy just as much cover scent products. They do, they have a very big presence and they spend quite a bit of money in that market and they still wear earrings when they hunt. But yes, women do shoot. They, they, They pick and they pick big boy rifles too and they're not just your standard, kind of break open barrel 243 I mean we have women that shoot all the way up to 30-hour sixes 308 you know two seventy, three hundred eight. I mean we do we have women that really get out there and they do they fight their own rifles, man. Yes, yeah two of our female staffers. oh yeah they hold this big day every as a matter of fact if you go I think um both of them if I'm not mistaken are uh, either on my say on our uh, company's website and over our Facebook page, but they have us, I mean, trophy mount wall hangers gear. So, yes, they do shoot quite a bit.
0: And this is just in um, Alabama or the whole Southwest, the whole Alabama, oh. T- Tennessee and Texas.
2: Oh, man, the South, period. This is, I mean, anywhere, you know, they are big up north. They're big here in the South. It's just that there is just no representation. You know, if you kind of search kind of hard, you might be able to find one, but they don't really tweet about it a lot. They don't really Facebook about it a lot because it's just kind of like, You know, you hunt, seriously, you know, but yes, um, black women, I I know a female hunter that hunts who lives here in Alabama, but she travels to Texas, you know, and she hunts in Texas. She doesn't hunt here, but yes, they make up a good section. But again, it's like everything else. Our, Our culture is not being marketed to. They are not marketing anything from apparel, to weaponry, to boots, to cover skin, anything that would represent an African-American, you know, a black woman hunter, there is no marketing. So we're trying to take care of that. We just try to make it neutral and make everything pink. So, you know, we designed a product just called for ladies only, and two of our female hunters, they represent that entire line. We built it for them, um, and yes, they hunt women too. They hunt quite a bit. They hunt, you know, if 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 there's a hunting field, I'm quite sure you would find a black woman out there. You'd have had the ranger in the woods. You don't see them very much because it's not a... It, I think they're merging into the sport a lot. Um, They're coming into it now within the last five years. that i am noticing. you start to see more and more and more of them. But we have women. Oh, yes, black women. They love hunting. They love Disney. You know, they love to be in the woods with their husbands and boyfriends. And they have... Whole girl crews that just go out and they just they all hunt together. You know they have their own little team, so they're there. You just have to really, kind of like everything else. If, if you seek them, you find them. But yes, our black women they do hunt.
0: And it's not necessarily a pink thing either. They they wearing the same camels. It's, everybody it's not wears.
2: really just pink thing either. No, it, it really isn't. It's they wear camo. You know, they they you know a lot of them are just you know the women period. But yeah, they do rock the pink. Like my wife, she has a pink logo on the back of her truck. You know, they do rock the pink, but they do they like just regular camouflage. Cause they wear camouflage. Like two of our females have camouflage fatigues when they go. They plant. Not only do they hunt, but they walk the property. Yes, they plant fields as well, drive ATVs, throw seed out, throw fertilizer. Yes, we have black like women that like, do men's land. Yes, so they do. But it's, it's true back to your, your your question. Now, it's not that they just all rock the pink. They rock camouflage or whatever, you know, they feel most comfortable wearing in the woods. But when it comes time to hunt, it is a camouflage apparel because they don't hunt out of houses, they hunt off of trees. So, you know, they don't want to be seen, so they want to blend in. So, yes, they do wear camouflage.
0: The the real deal then. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right, man. How will we find you? What's your website?
2: My website is com. And all things,
0: thank you, man, so much for this hunting minute. And um, I will get back to you again soon.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, thank you.
0: This portion of the show has been sponsored by ErgoGrips.net. Small arms accessories built for high performance and control. Shooter focused. ErgoGrips.net. Hey, I want to give a quick shout out to my buddy Michael Hast and his beautiful wife who's celebrating a birthday this week. They hooked up a uh, really nice holster for my Lone Wolf distributor, Barbecue gun that I have. It's a forty caliber with all kind of accoutrements on it, cool sights and multi-colored discs and fancy that. And once I put that Viridian XL5 light and green laser combo on the, on the rail, I couldn't put it in my Crossbreed Holsters holster or my um, my tactical Blackhawk Serpent, and I was crushed. But um, mine hooked it up. Now I have this really smooth, I wish I could say it like uh, like Stan from the Gun Dudes, that, that black Corinthian leather, real nice, uh, and it fits. So if you need a holster, custom made, check out theholstersite.com. next up I did a follow up with a former U.S. Marine I met that is running for governor in Maryland by the name of Charles Lawler I asked him about his stance on the second amendment and uh, what a positive guy love this guy brother Charles Lawler welcome to the show
4: brother thank you so much for having me once again I tell you it is an honor, and I do mean that sincerely, sir, to be able to be on, on your show. And I, we, we listen to you. We know uh, your impact in our community. I don't know how to say thank you enough. I really
0: do. I got a question for you this week. Related to sure. the Second Amendment, what is your stance and how you want to take it for the state of Maryland?
4: Well, I've been saying this across the state, and I think you know this. We've been around the state at least three times. I mean, believe it or not, we put about 6,200 miles in our car just in the month of september and here's what i've been telling folks when it comes to the second amendment as a marine officer for many people they would believe that that's a no brainer he's, he's going to be pro-second amendment and i am but what's more important is the explanation behind it ken folks have to understand that the second amendment was not given to us um uh, through our constitution For the purposes of hunting. In fact, if you read the Second Amendment, it says nothing about hunting. It says to ensure that we maintain our freedom and liberty from malicious or tyrannical governments, we should, citizens should have the right to keep and bear arms. I firmly believe that. Being a father of four daughters, I train them in how to shoot uh, properly and safely and how to handle a weapon safely because at the end of the day, the weapon itself is the resource used by those that are either Sick or uh, or 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 violent criminals, whatever the case may be, that tends to be their resource of choice. But I don't believe in blaming the resource; you got to blame the person.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Are you? I'm gonna say, what kind of firearm do you have? I mean, is is that did you use to train your kids? Yeah.
4: Well. Them on a handgun right now. I haven't graduated to the rifle yet. We go to the hand to, to, to the range, to the pistol range right here in Waldorf, a place called Fred Sports. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we go in there and we, we learn there and we uh, train them there, train the wife there as well. And in fact, I end up signing her silhouette after she uh, she she shot for the first time. Um, a little bit ago. But uh, as 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 they continue to grow and mature and get used to the sound of the weapon going off and handling the weapon, I, I believe at that point well at that point I'll make that decision to kind of graduate them up into the, the rifle and maybe even the assault rifle. But right now I just have them on our handgun. We've got a little um uh little block that I have here at the house.
0: All right man I've spoken like a true dad.
4: <laughs> yes sir I'm always concerned. I remember the first time I went to the range, and I started shooting. Even as a young child, my father would introduce us to handguns and introduce us to rifles. And for the most part, you don't touch those. I mean, my dad had a gun rack in our basement in, in, uh, in Philadelphia, and he'd tell us, don't touch that. Unless I'm here, don't touch that. Don't bother that. And we just knew it was understood. He yeah. didn't have to lock it up. His it look enough it was locked up for us. Right. <laughs> so we, 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 we knew better. But I want to make sure that I instill the right amount of discipline, weapon control, and respect for the weapon, uh, so they understand exactly what it can do for the for the for the purposes of their own protection.
0: Yeah, man, that's, that's that's the deal. What's um? How's it been going for your gubernatorial move around the state?
4: Man, it's been going very very well from the Eastern Shore to Western Maryland to Central Maryland. A lot of conservative-minded folks like myself tend to believe that we won't have a problem in western Maryland, east for sure, or southern Maryland, but we're not taking a single vote for granted. Every single vote matters, so we spend a, a huge amount of time in those areas picking up a lot of steam down there, a lot of favorable responses. We have over 300 um, volunteers, and I think at this point probably our strongest contingency right now is on the Eastern Shore or Western Maryland. But in addition to that, brother, we're also spending quite a bit of time in Baltimore City, Montgomery County. In fact, I, I just left both those two areas yesterday where I spent the majority of the day speaking to community leaders. I went to Montgomery College, which you can imagine how difficult that was. Probably one of the most difficult conversations I've had uh, to date was at Montgomery College on yesterday. But I thank I thank the folks for it. I liked how aggressive their questions were. I liked the fact they didn't pander. They made it no, they made it clear to me when I walked in the room that they were not my fans whatsoever. But at least they were willing to listen, and I told them I appreciated that so much. Overall, Kim, okay, we're picking up the kind of momentum that I did not expect for us to do. In fact, let me share this with you. You've you got to know this. I met with a high-ranking official from the O'Malley administration who told me yesterday in Baltimore City that our, that our team is the only team that he believed to win this state and not just win this state back, but get it back on track. And he included... Democrat, the Democratic, my Democratic opponents, and our Republican ones. And that's coming from someone in the O'Malley administration. We're extremely proud of the success that we're taking. And I told the team yesterday, during our staff, meeting yesterday evening, let's be sure not to peak too soon. Don't start smelling yourself. You have a long way to go. Right. we still got to continue to build more coalitions.
0: So true, man. That reminded me of something I think Spendley Butler said. He said, um, we're completely surrounded. We got them right where we want them. That's right.
4: That's right. So, so fight on, That's Marine. Right. Fight on. Exactly right. So find direction that you can't miss. That's
0: right. Yeah, so fight on, Marine. Fight on.
4: You know, uh, Will, nothing gave me uh, as much pleasure, I should say. This, this one fact gave me so much pleasure yesterday when I walked to our staff meeting, and who was sitting there but the leader uh the the national the RNC National Latino Coalition's uh leader, a past leader, who just joined our team. And when I had lunch with him about five months ago, he wasn't sure. I asked him then would he join our team? I knew his influence across the nation, let alone the state. He wasn't ready then. And I he was very uh cautious and very concerned and, and didn't know whether or not we could do it. Well guess what brother? He just joined our team and came to our staff meeting yesterday. We're gonna find on brother. I'm gonna keep my head to the ground the way you know uh, we fight, can we fight ground and person to person. We build relationship to relationship. We're not going to depend upon high-priced media services and commercials to win this campaign for us in the primary. We're going to win this thing one person at a time.
0: That's how it's done. That's how it's done. How can yes, we sir. contact you? How can we help you, your campaign? What's, the, what's your URL and all your links?
4: brother, thank you. First of all, they can always go to our Facebook, which is Facebook. Just Facebook, Charles Lawler for Gov. But even more than that, they can go to our website, which is Lawler4Governor.com That's Lawler4Governor.com the They can go on that website. They can feel free to contribute, and please let your listeners know. They may not take that 25 or $50 makes a difference, but it makes a huge difference for us and for our campaign. And I mean, even if all you can do is 10 bucks a month, that for us is huge. We know we have to raise the money, especially for the general election. We know that our competitors already have up to five, if not six million dollars, and when they come out of their primary, they're going to have money to spend. We need to make sure we can match that. I'm matching numbers thirteen million dollars. Can we got to get there? And we know we can. Laura, the number four governor.com, dot com. They can go to that website. They can see where our next. Meetings are going to be, we have something every day of the week. Yesterday I had nine different events in one day. Today we have four. Tomorrow we have six. They can go on there, find out where we're speaking, what we're doing. Please show up. I would love to meet every single one of them in this race and in this fight to preserve our state and bring our state back. All right, man. Well,
0: all the best to you, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.
4: Me too, Ken. Thank you so much for all you're doing. Blessings to your family, brother.
0: Thank you, man. Yes, hey, if you don't know what I've traveled to over a dozen countries, often not during tourist season, to protect families, diplomats, and some VIPs. And again, only by the grace of God am I still here. I have lived, loved, and been a fool in just about everywhere. So to all my listeners, friends, and maybe even family outside of North America, thank you. Obrigado. Como Shishini. Domo origato. Gracias. Grazie. Merci. Salama po. Shukran. And a big thank you to you. I asked Lucky Gunner if they had anything special up in the mix because I haven't heard from them in a while. And uh, they said they got a specials page. And they know a lot of shooters. They're excited to see the Brass Case 223 by PMC on special. So make sure you check that out. There'll be a link to it on episode number 345, the site. One of my affiliates, I get like, .0002 or something of a percentage if you uh, order something using my site, so please do. And it's no secret that twenty two Long Rifle is still tough to find, but I think they're doing their best to put it in stock as soon as it gets there. And uh, 2013 has been a monster all the way around with ammo. So check it out. That's LuckyGunner.com. Hey, have you been on Facebook lately? That thing's been quirky. But so is the whole internet. We might be reduced to just using our smartphones in the future. Just so many people on the internet. Remember, we have the freedomsnetwork.org. It's our own personal social media site. And I have the Unnamed Church Podcast, which grown strong. Recently, I just joined a gospel quartet called the DC Gospel Stars. And this is my new old guy group. They are all 70 plus. They sing the old stuff. And uh, they already had a guitarist, so I'm going to be learning from this guy for the most part. They're a cool group. I put out a couple of videos on my webpage. I don't know if you guys saw it or not. But you thought I was just singing just to be vain? No, actually, I was trying to overcome a fear. Uh, One of my dreams and aspirations in life was to perform before a crowd of people I got over the preaching part. Singing, I was still afraid, and then playing my guitar, I'm still working on that one because I don't have the skills that I want yet, so I'm still working on it. And uh might leave out with, that, with the group, let you hear what I'm talking about. I'm not playing in it yet. It's just I recorded this last week when I was they were doing their 25th anniversary together. It was kind of cool. T-shirts. Got a new T-shirt with the logo with a little Morpheus little guy on there. Looks like me with the two guns. T-shirts are available for $25. I just need your name, address, email address, and size. So if you email me, then I'll have one of them. Send me your address, your size, and then I'll forward you back a link uh, with the uh, PayPal button. Or you can mail me a check or money order. Uh, PO box 2 Upper Marlboro, Maryland 20773 Yep, it's coming up soon. Got about a dozen right now and uh, if you want to be a part of the group, be glad to have you. Remember, you can also find us on Facebook, Blackmail the Gun 1 is my main Facebook fan page and the website itself blackmailthegun.com. This show can now be heard on iHeartRadio, StitcherRadio.com, Spreaker.com, iTunes, and Android Android through the app. And you can get it and share it if you go to BlackManWithAGunShow.us That link goes right to an RSS reader and whatever system you have on your phone or computer, it will bring it up. If you like what you heard this week, please share it. Tell somebody. And if you want me to Talk to to a group for you to speak, to train, to preach, to give somebody comfort, for consultations, for weddings, baptisms, baby dedications, house blessings, exorcisms, voiceovers, or to share a joke. All the links to me are at blackmanwithagun.com. Thinking about suicide? I'm here to tell you that you're not alone. If you need some help in the U.S., please call 1-800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. SuicidePreventionLifeline.org 1-800-273-8255 You are not alone. All right. Henry David Thoreau says, in the long run, men hit only what they aim at. Remember, you got one shot. Thank you for rolling with a brother, for discovering me. I thank the Holy Spirit, my family, CrossbreedHolsters.com, and you for making this one of the best podcasts on the planet. Until next week, Shalom, baby.